0: Hello and welcome to Great Fund Insights – Selecting Your Fund Domicile, a video podcast series featuring an expert law firm in an offshore jurisdiction. I'm Kamar Jaffer, a Middle East Funds and Asset Management partner at ANO, and I will be moderating today's conversation. During this series, our expert panellists will explore some of the benefits and the legal and regulatory considerations for each offshore location. We'll also cover frequently asked questions on how to choose a domicile for your fund And why offshore jurisdictions have become a key choice for global alternative investment funds. Today we'll be discussing topical fund trends in the Cayman Islands and I'm delighted to introduce our guest speaker Philip Ireland, partner at law firm Maples & Calder. Philip is the joint managing partner and head of funds and investment management of Maples & Calder Dubai and is based in the Maples Group Dubai office. He specializes in collective investment schemes, in particular private equity, venture capital, real estate, and sherry compliant funds. He also has experience of working with family offices and ultra high net worth individuals. Philip's clients also include asset managers in the Dubai International Financial Center and the border MENA region. Philip, thank you very much for participating in this series. It's great to have you with us today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So let's kick off with the first question. So the Cayman Islands is a, an established fund establishment jurisdiction. What are some of the types of funds that you're currently seeing coming to markets?
1: Thank you, Kamar, and thank you very much for inviting me to join you on your podcast series. I'm delighted to be here with you talking about the Cayman Islands. Um, so as you noted in your introduction, I'm based in the DIFC, um, and I'll try and talk generally about the Cayman Islands, but obviously my slant is a little bit uh, UAE focused. Um, in terms of funds uh, globally, obviously as you would imagine we see still as a lot of hedge funds um and a lot of uh, of of hedge funds venture capital funds private equity funds and real estate funds in the UAE the focus is much more on real estate funds and venture capital funds than it probably is um in other jurisdictions um and of the vc funds i'm seeing a lot of um funds that are investing in sort of first seed rounds of um fintech companies um Health tech, edutech, a lot of a lot of tech focus, um, and that's all, or a lot of it is um, a, a, a sort of fintech companies in, in the in the region, um, and managers attracting investors in the region to invest into those type of um, investments.
0: And what is the type of vehicle that you're commonly seeing um, being used? And are there any innovative or creative structures that you're seeing being used in the market?
1: Yes. Good question. So, I mean, the choice really is between a company um, and a partnership. A company tends to be used where all of the investor funds are being drawn down in one go and a partnership tends to be used for VC type funds where the commitment is being drawn down over time. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's really the choice in, in terms of the, the sort of fund vehicle. In terms of um, creative structures, I guess one of the nuances in the region, and you'll be very familiar with this, is trying to structure um, investments in a Sharia compliant manner. And so we do see a lot of um, sometimes standalone funds, sometimes parallel funds, which are set up with commodity Marabaha arrangements, which enable um, investors to come into investments in a Sharia compliant way. And obviously those type of uh, structures are very popular um, in the region.
0: And what are the key regulatory structuring considerations?
1: So in terms of the regulations, uh, there isn't really much of a choice these days. Um, all open and closed ended funds that are set up in the Cayman Islands are are required to be registered with the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority, uh, which is the regulator for financial services in the, in the Cayman Islands. Um, the Most of the funds that, that I see, and specifically the, the venture capital and real estate funds, um, will be registrable as private funds. So that's the sort of fairly new regulation that came into play with that regulates closed-ended um, funds. So there isn't really a way to sort of structure outside uh, those requirements. So they will fall within those requirements and you're happy to talk about what those requirements are.
0: Yes, yeah, so as you mentioned, it's been um, two years since the introduction of the uh, the Private Funds Act in the Cayman Islands. And... Um, What has been investor and manager reaction in that regard? And what are the key requirements that apply to to those types of funds?
1: Yeah, sure. So, yes, the the Private Funds Act came into um, effect in August 2020. Um, And in advance of that, I guess there was some concern – Amongst the Cayman Arms practitioners, myself included, that this would put you know have a have a negative effect in terms of putting people off using the jurisdiction. But to be fair, I think it has provided some comfort to investors. So there were some investors who whose um investment criteria required them to invest into regulated entities. So it's certainly been a, a step in the right direction for them. And also I think the managers as well, having a regulated entity um, also enables them to attract a sort of wider um investor base. So um in short, it hasn't really put people off using the jurisdiction thankfully um and in terms of the requirements, there are certain particulars that need to be filed with the Cayman Islands monetary authority um and Although there isn't a particular requirement to have functionaries in any particular domicile, so you don't need to have an investment manager obviously in in the Cayman Islands or investment advisor um or an administrator. Um, you do need to have a Cayman audit firm engaged to sign off on the account. So that's the sort of other Cayman nexus, if you like. But um, otherwise, it's a fairly straightforward um, process. Um, we're able to do the um, filing online. So it's fairly it's fairly swift and, and, and reasonably painless, I'd like to
0: think. And, you know, you mentioned um, the auditors. What economic substance requirements apply? And can you just describe more broadly the ecosystem?
1: in in the Cayman Islands for funds? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, So just taking your first question, in terms of economic substance requirements, um, the Cayman Islands has adopted um, an economic substance regime, which I suspect is broadly similar to those that you will have seen in other jurisdictions, um, whereby there is a list of nine entities that requires um, the user of of a company to, to have substance in the Cayman Islands. Um, but it came in maybe a little bit different. The step before determining whether or not an entity is undertaking one of those nine activities requires um, a consideration of whether or not the entity is an investment fund. Um, so an investment fund would include a, a private fund. And so if you're a private fund, um, you don't need to think any further about um, whether you're undertaking one of the other you know, nine activities. So, So in terms of the funds themselves, they are outside the substance requirements. Um, to the extent that um, managers were looking to set up um, a separate, you know, management entity or an advisory entity um, in the Cayman Islands, that entity itself, that separate entity may be subject to substance requirements, depending upon what it's doing, specifically whether it's undertaking discretionary investment management services, which is one of the nine activities that requires substance. Um, in response to your second question, with respect to the um, ecosystem, um, as you will anticipate, um, the Cayman Islands has been a, a key player in the financial services world for many years, um, and there are no shortages of um, service providers. Um, there are a number of um, audit firms who are approved by the Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands Monetary Authority. They include all of the uh, international audit practices, as you'd expect, and some smaller ones. Um, there are also a large number of um, administrators um, and other service providers so certainly no shortage of um, people who are willing to assist throughout the process.
0: And what are some of the legal and regulatory developments on the horizon um, that you're seeing?
1: That's a good question and, and a hot topic and um, uh, the same for, for for most jurisdictions if not all um, there is increasing regulation coming to us all I don't think we're able to to, to avoid that. Um, I guess one of the hot topics for, um, Cayman and, and, uh, and the offshore jurisdictions, um, is the idea of having a register of, um, of, of, of a public register of members. Um, that is not something that has yet come into play. And we suspect that if it was to come into play, that funds would be uh, exempt from the requirement to maintain such a register. Um, in addition, the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority is increasingly um, keen to flex its muscles and enforce powers that it has. And so I think we'll probably see, um, possibly not new regulation, but the enforcement of existing regulation. Um, and we've certainly seen in the last year a number of, um, new, um, you know, su- supervisory, um, inspections of, of, of people who, um, who hold SEMA, um, licenses. So I suspect we'll see more, more, more of that to come. I've, I've no doubt.
0: And what are the trends that you're seeing in the market in terms of fund terms, for example?
1: Yes, yeah, so there has been a bit of a shift. And I think um, this may not be a, a particularly recent uh, shift, but certainly in the last few years, there has been a sort of tightening of investment criteria. Um, so certainly the idea of a, of a more sort of blind pool seems to have um, have disappeared and people want to invest in funds with specific uh, very specific criteria, if not very specific, um, assets or even identified, um, assets. And I think, um, as part of that, there's been a, uh, narrowing of the discretion that managers have. And so, um, it, it becomes more of a sort of almost a managed account type a- a arrangement where there, you know, there is very specified, um, underlying assets. And I, I don't think this is necessarily a Cayman specific, um, issue, but certainly one that I've seen and no doubt one that, that you've seen as well.
0: And uh, turning to fund financing, what are you seeing on that, in that space?
1: So that's been interesting, actually. So, um, I mean, the um, sub subscription line subscription-line f- um, financing continues. Um, I think what we have seen is our people trying to upsize those type of facilities. Um, that's probably been one, one development. And also, um, we've seen, obviously, uh, NAV financing, um, and probably slightly more innovative NAV financing coming into play alongside some uh, sort of alternative lenders. So outside the sort of, you know, main banks we're seeing, um, you know, managers and others um, stepping into that space. So that's been that's been quite um, interesting. And, and I think um, that's a trend that will I uh, certainly feel will continue.
0: Philip, one of the topical areas uh, at this stage is ESG and sustainable finance. What are you seeing in that space?
1: So again, yes, that's a, a fairly hot topic. And, um, and, and I think people are trying to, or managers are trying to juggle the, um, desire to offer, um, investors, a, a, an ESG, um, product, uh, and also balancing the cost of doing so. So, um, it's certainly a, a hot topic. Um, and certain investors will inevitably require, um, managers to adhere to a certain level of ESG and if, and even ESG reporting. Um, so managers, I guess, depending upon the type of audience they're trying to attract will need to consider carefully, you know, what their, what their policy is, um, mindful of the, of the possible additional cost in doing so. And similarly with sustainable finance, again, there are certain investors and some of the sovereigns that we see, um, make this a sort of prerequisite before they will invest. So again, it's something that, um, not came as specific, but certainly something that I think will, um, will continue over time.
0: Thank you very much, Philip, for sharing your insights into the Cayman legal and regulatory landscape for investors and managers. That was a very helpful overview. So look out for our next episode in this podcast series, which will be released very soon. Thank you very much and have a good day.